Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Yeah, totally. So good to talk again. I'm so glad to talk to you again. I just watched Slayers today and I have so many thoughts. First of all, it's going to be releasing October 21st in theaters, on demand and digital, which is exciting. And it stars my Hollywood crush, Mr. Thomas Jane, that you have worked with before in another one of um, my recent favorite films, Dig. This is quite the departure from Dig. We're going to (laughs) say. Yeah, it it is. It definitely is. This film is so fun. I don't know if that was the intention, but I had so much fun with it. You had these moments, um, the scoreboard. I freaking loved it. Oh, yeah. it was very Scott Pilgrimy, as and like with the yeah. I made a note that it gets crazy very quickly. <laughs> it gets and crazy very quickly. What you've done here, you're you're turning like vampire lore on its head. You're you're like dragging Dracula in into the the what are we in the the twenty first century? The twenty it's it's Dracula for the TikTok age. I mean. I'm not trying to like cheapen it or devalue it. I love all of these things about it. <laughs> Tell me. Yeah, you, no. I, um, you wrote this. So where was your head yeah. at? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so fun. Uh, this is such a different experience than Dig. I mean, Dig was a movie that I did not write and I, 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 get, I, I rewrote, but mm-hmm. uh, was, was much more uh, of a film that I was brought into. And obviously I add, added my inflections. I think after seeing Slayers, you could see the stuff probably that's more me in Dig than, than the original screenwriters. Uh, right. I, I do have a sense of humor and I do like to have a lot of fun and it, whatever I do. I mean, I have a mystery comedy coming after this and then I'm just in the middle of starting a bank robbery movie from the 1920s. That's what I'm scouting on right now, um, which will be announced soon with, uh, with your boyfriend and another friend of mine. Um, and, uh, and so... Slayers was really always supposed to be super fun. And I think that because it's studio so unique and it went through a lot of permeations, um, it took a second to find the right home and the right people to be involved with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very, very unique film. And uh, I started writing it on my own over a decade ago. Uh, I think I told someone this story. I had just gotten uh, the first Blackberry I ever had. Uh, mm-hmm. It was 2000. Um, gosh, it was like 2008 or something, 2009. It was a long time ago. And I was fascinated with this idea of Howard Hughes um, in his later years in Las Vegas in the Desert Inn because no one saw him. And uh, I thought I came up with this idea to, to basically reinvent Bram Stoker's Dracula at, in Vegas in 1969. That was sort of the beginning of this. And, um, and I wrote the story and a lot of the characters are still in it. And um, the idea was that there was a young journalist who was about to get married and he was offered the opportunity to be, to interview Howard Hughes for the first time in five years. And so him and his wife ended up not going to do their wedding and to going to the desert Inn, taking their a couple of friends with them. And ultimately very similarly to what happens in Slayers, they realized that it's sort of a vampire honeypot and that Hughes is actually not Hughes. He's a vampire Illuminati uh, who's, who's, name is Mr. Rector. And that was the first version of the movie. And, and I, and that movie got crazy later. Uh, for a while, this movie got crazy later. 
And I think that that was actually something that was strangely a barrier of entry that was hard for people. It was because the movie was so fun and funny and then suddenly got very bloody and very violent, very fast. I think that it was hard for people to reconcile with it because they, they either like one half of the movie, they like the other half. They either like the half with Elliot and Flynn or they like the half with Jack and Liz showing up with Harry. And it was Harry at the time, Harry and Jules uh, to the desert Inn having fun. Um, and, uh, and then I updated it kind of quasi version of this, but it was like a media mogul and still a, uh, I was a, it was an online writer. And then what happened was I worked in the digital space for a really long time, uh, you know, launching a big YA company and meeting a lot of influencers and getting very, very sort of, uh, cynical about the sort of media consumption and the, you know, the, the sort of in incredibly vampiric elements of, you know, influencers trying to sell you things and, and, and controlling the narrative of, of stuff. And my writing partner on a couple of horror movies, we still have one that we're, we're working to get done. Uh, we did a scripted podcast that was very popular. And at the time uh, I said, Hey, I really want to make this movie, but I don't, I don't really have time to do it alone. So do you think you'd want to maybe come in and help me do this new rewrite of it? And he was part of uh, working with me uh, on some of the digital stuff. So he had been around all these digital people too. So we started hashing around this idea in our office at the time. And then um, we rewrote the script together. And he kind of came with some of these really crazy, crazy conspiracy things because he's a crazy conspiracy guy. <laughs> and like he lives off the plane you know, in Northern California. And so it was a really fun mash. But, you know, um, that was sort of the way that we got it. And then we started getting actors involved and uh, it went relatively fast once we, um, once we started, uh, once we nailed the script and the tone uh, and then we went and shot it. And then, you know, I still in my head had the movie that I was wanted to shoot 12 years ago. So it was still very much uh, almost a split personality. And uh, we had, you know, the first half was pretty reined in and it was very much focused on the stream team landing. And, uh, and then uh, Elliot coming in and, and saving Flynn halfway through the film. And then the ba back half of the movie being this sort of very fun sort of send up of 80s action buddy movie, you know? Uh, and uh, we got into the editing room and it just wasn't working. And my editor, Mark, and his partner, Vic, uh, they had seen the movie, the scene in the trailer where he's, where Thomas, probably one of the best performances I've ever seen of his. Pup, as a Thomas Jane aficionado, would you say that the scene where he explains the Illuminati to Flynn is one of his greatest works? Well, I mean, to be fair, he did fight sharks in another film. All but right. Yeah, okay. All right. I, no, uh, you know I love him. So I actually, I loved I him. Know. And I was yeah. like, why is Thomas Jane's voice so soothing? Because like, even as he's. He, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. This, this horrible. And by the way, the backstories, the little, <laughs> the backstories that are peppered. Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. My favorite part, my favorite. Yeah, so so basically, you know, we did it once in the trailer and that was part of the movie, that was in the movie, you know, Thomas had had this crazy, he just channeled something. And once we got into the editing room, we all agree agreed, all the stuff with Thomas was amazing and specifically the way he was delivering that. And so my editor was like, hey, listen, I really think we need it, the first half of this movie to be more fun. And so he pitched me actually on the idea of, this sort of crazy, you know, 
wild mosaic of, of, you know, mythology that Thomas would be espousing as we track the stream team, you know, into Rector's lair. And, and so we worked together. He, by, by that time, Mark and I had been working for a while. He had cut dig for me and he knew my sensibility. He knew that I was very irreverent, that I had a very sort of uh, caustically cynical outlook on media. And he challenged me essentially and said, hey, you think you can go and write, you know, a bunch more of this. And so we started with one voiceover and then we did another. And then once we did it a few times, it, it, we and started placing it. And I did a very bad impersonation of Thomas. Um, and we did it enough times and we started cutting it together that it was very clear that we couldn't just do it three times in the movie, that it needed to become the movie, that the storyline of the stream team and Flynn specifically teaming up with Elliot needed to be just as important as Elliot's story of avenging his daughter's death and becoming this epic vampire slayer taking down a centuries old Illuminati. As we kind of crafted the movie then, it really became this whole other thing. And to me, that is like the definition of creative expression. You know, you start one place, you don't really know where you're going, and then you end in this other place. And then suddenly you have this project that is embraced and you never know what's going to, what's going to work, you know? Right. And I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, I really liked how, well, talking, first of all, that, that beginning with the, the narration and you have yeah. Jean, Jean of Arc, you have, uh, what was it? Benjamin yep. Franklin. <laughs> yeah. Tom, and yeah. I was all of that. And the little like bits, like the Nosferatu, footage yeah yeah oh yeah it worked it was just so pleasing and you were saying that some people are like uh they like the funny horror and then you know some people like the gory horror i like both and when it's mixed up like this with these crazy little <laughs> added bits that you threw in perfection for me and elliot and i, I really appreciate that I can't tell you, this is going to go down as probably a yearly like Halloween film. You know how everybody's got that list of things that they have to watch, right? Yeah. This, this, yeah. I feel like this, this will be one. This will be one that people put on their list. From your mouth to, to God's ears. I, you know, one of the movies, even when I first started writing this a long time ago, that was so um, informative to me was Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um and, and, and the, how, how amazingly campy, but at the same time, how incredibly entertaining and just awesome the movie is. And, and you know, obviously the music is a big part of that, but the way that that movie was made and, and even its story, you know, and the ups and downs and stuff, like I hope one day that this is a midnight movie. That is my goal with this film is that, you know, people watch it for years and if someone meets someone and they say, have you ever seen Slayers? And someone says, no, they're like, oh, you got to see it. Come to my house to watch it or it's playing at a revival house tonight or whatever it is. Like this movie's yeah. fucking crazy and it's so much fun. Right. And they come in scrubs with like bloody fangs. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 100%. And, 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 you know, there's, you know, I think that one of the things, and you mentioned very early on, you know, I hope that you intended it to be funny. I absolutely intended uh, this movie to me is a, is a funny movie. It is, it is not uh, a serious horror film. You know, there are, there are some serious, you know, themes in it that we live with every day in the world, which makes it resonate on a different level. But I think it's a, a really fun movie for people that might not want to be scared, but might want to watch something that is Halloween style, you know? And uh, it's a, it's a movie that's really accessible in, in that way. Like, 
my wife doesn't like horror movies, but she loves Slayers, you know? And I think there's a, in a, a very irreverent tone that, ha, a, that isn't really around that much anymore in the movies. Uh, obviously from Dust Till Dawn was a big, you know, a big inspiration uh, for a lot of this um, as well. But just, you know, even stuff like uh, when, with regards to what you're talking about with all these interstitials and stuff like Looney Tunes and old Mel Brooks movies and stuff like that, like that was, that was a big touchstone for us on this. You know, how do we find more psych eggs? How do we add more silly things, you know? And, and, but then at the same time, how do we make sure that it's a horror movie and that it's really bloody and that it's that, it, that real shit happens and the people die and that it, it's not goofy. You know, there's, I think there's a very fine line between uh, horror comedy that is like a, a kind of silly, you know, parody and, uh, and, and a, a satire uh, and that is that is is truly still sort of steeped in the world of genre, and I, I hope that this is much more in that realm of like Evil Dead and Army of Darkness and uh, Big Trouble in Little China, and you know, and 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 from Dusk Till Dawn and films like that. Right, a hundred percent. Because I am a massive like Bruce Campbell fan, so yeah, slapstick, <laughs> but also disgusting. Where you're like laughing, yeah. but same time it's it's like it's the best dessert it's the best thing and you said something that made me wish for a moment because this film with the exception of when spoiler alert when uh one of the people changes and actually i think also happened with jack a little bit there's some um not kid-friendly images but aside from that this could almost be that tween bridge between, you know, Halloween kills and uh, Halloween town. You know what I mean? Where sure. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely think so. You know, I, I think that the, the one I, I would say that, well, aside from the fact that the language is filthy throughout the movie. So I, I, <laughs> let's just start there. I, this movie probably has some of the worst language I, in any movie filmed. Thomas specifically it, I mean, this is like borderline NC-17 with regards to the, how vile the language is in this film. But, you know, um, that, that aside, I'm making the movie for fanboys and, and people who love blood, love horror movies. And, you know, the, the reality is that people who love horror films, they got to see blood, you know? If you're making a vampire movie, you want it to be bloody unless it's like this romantic, fancy thing or whatever. Clearly, I don't care about making things elevated. You know, if right. people think that my movies are you know, maybe an, uh, uh, elevated, that's just because I have a lot of thought within them, but I don't like, I, I'm not a fan of like the A24 school of making horror films. They, I, I want stuff that people actually are excited to watch, you know, and, and um, no disrespect to those filmmakers. I think they're fantastic. And I love Ty West, but, you know, aside from Ty West films over there, they're very meditative. And I think that, that we've seen such a cool year of horror actually where, there's almost been a reaction to those films where you get mm -hmm. movies like Barbarian um, that are wild, really crazy, you know? Like, it's a great movie-going experience. I saw Barbarian in movie theater, and I was like, this movie is awesome. Like, it fucking rocks, you know? And I think that, and that movie, too, has a very, very specific sense of humor, you know? Just that little moment <laughs> with all the little sexual images, I was like... I mean, I'm not a prude. I'm not saying that it shouldn't have been there. Yeah, I, you know, I, by the way, I, I think that that gets misread. I, I've heard a couple of people talk about that. 
that is not what that is. And there's no spoilers in here. I mean, someone gets killed very graphically in a, in a stable. Um, yes. That's what you're referencing, correct? Let's say there's a transfer of power. <laughs> and as the, the antidote or the, the immunization is oh. forced. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, look, there's a little bit of that, but I think that's a, like, I was sort of my homage to like death becomes her, you know, oh, yeah. it was a PG 13 movie. I mean, I always thought mom's character was very much like Isabella Rossellini. And so, yeah. and the other thing is, I think this is probably the, the least sexy vampire movie ever made. You know, <laughs> because I, I wasn't interested in it. You know, I don't, th- I didn't, I, I, my, my view of the, the vampiric stuff was not, you know, driven by sexuality. It's really driven by power and by media, you know, and the, the idea that we are, are we got our souls sucked, uh, you know, every day uh, yeah. by, by people telling us that this is what you should buy and telling us that this is who you should vote for and that this is the right war and that, that you know, these things yeah. are going on in the world and, 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 and it's, it's scary, you know, and, and I made this movie in the middle of the pandemic, you know, in the middle of, of, of protesting. And, and there's a lot of, of stuff in there with that uh, on a, on a more highfalutin level, you know, this movie <laughs> thematically speaks to stuff like that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I just wanted to say, I want you to come back and talk about that 1920s uh, bank robber film, because that is right up my oh, yeah. alley. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of my favorite times. It's going to be it's going to be a fun one. I did want to say um, nothing yeah. bothered me at all. I, and like oh, you okay. said, <laughs> that that's a part where like if you're 13 or 14 year olds watch, you might be like, cover your eyes real quick, you know. But other yeah, than yeah, that, yeah, sure. I mean, listen, I yeah. just watched just watched a film, and it was a sequel. First of all, called "Don't Fuck in the Woods." Okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think, by the way, I think this, this movie is definitely for 13-year-olds. I would, if I, if my son was 12, 13 years old, I would show him this movie tonight. I mean, there's not really a ton in there, you know, aside from a couple of things here and there, uh, you know, and, and I do think that there is a, a sort of gleefulness that I put in the movie that reminded me of movies that I used to watch when I was 12 and 11 years old, like Freddy vs. Jason and The First Nightmare and you know, and, and, and films like that, that we don't really remember anymore that much, you know, um, the, this sort of the more fun slasher movies, you know, that, that were, you know, new nightmare and stuff like that, you know, and, and of course the Sam Raimi films, you know, where, yeah. And I, I, and, and so as much as I, I may have, uh, had a lot of influences that were very fancy in this movie, I also, you know, had a lot of the influences were, were very much rooted in these sort of pillars of uh, genre breaking horror with some comedy within either Sam Raimi, Wes Craven, John Carpenter, you know, those, all of the, they have such an amazing sense of humor. And I think that people some, sometimes forget, you know, how um, irreverent those movies are. They really are. Most of them are, they're, they're you know, they're all about, you know, being scared and laughing around it, you know? Right. And here's the other thing about this. A lot of those films that you mentioned, and again, I don't have a problem with it. And I am a girl for people listening. Um, there was a lot of things that would not fly in today's film society, you know, uh, in regards to like. Oh, no, and I always, yeah, totally. And, and Flynn's character specifically, you know, I really wanted my hero to, to reflect, uh, you know, the LGBTQ community. I thought Thanks. it was really important. Um, I, I felt like, 
you know, I wanted a strong female character and I wanted to have a character who had agency and that was not, you know, crushing on someone. And even though there actually, if you look hard enough, there is a scene uh, in the middle of the film when they, before things get really crazy, where the Flynn character is checking out uh, one of the girls in the pool. Yeah. And that was something that uh, it's hard to tell, but, uh, but Kara actually had come up to me and she said, Hey, you know, everybody else in this movie like has a crush on someone. She's like, I think that like, I should be given the eyes to these girls. And I'm like, I love that. Like you totally should. And I think it just, it's so nice to have a, 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 a female lead that, you know, represents uh, the world today. Absolutely. I was going to say that uh, Kara plays uh, Flynn who out as, as well as being a member of the queer community is, like her thing, her, she's a gamer, right? Yeah. And some yep. Can be considered to be like a man's world or a boy's sport. Right. And she's in there. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah right and a lot of the visuality oh. that we have in the movie has a lot of gaming stuff, but we were going to say, and she's, she's the hero. 100%. She's like, she's the one in the, the party bus where everybody else just seems like really confident. And she's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. But then she's the one that ends up saving the day. It's like, hello. Yeah, she's amazing. And I did want to ask you the, I don't know if it was intentional or if I was just in my feelings, but the whole like Elliot and Flynn kind of mirroring the daughter that he lost. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. That was was totally intentional. Absolutely. It was kind of- And Tom's really- he's a girl dad, you know, I mean, like just as a person, you know, so I think that he put a lot of that in, it was there, but you know, there are little, even just performance things that he did that were, that were like, he really wanted to push that forward. And he felt like it was a really important part of the film. Oh yeah. When he called her baby girl, I just about melted. <laughs> I know he, he really, I, like I said, there's a lot, it, it, what's, what's fun about this movie is like, it's kind of a movie you could watch like a million times because there's so many different, you can watch it and see a totally different movie each time to, you know, <laughs> if you're focusing on one thing, you know, you can, you can focus on, you know, one element of the film and kind of miss the rest. It goes really fast. You know, it's a, it's a 90 minute movie and it is, you know, balls to the walls the whole way through. Like you mentioned, it gets really crazy, really fast. Like I, I that was intentional. I, I felt like specifically as a Gen Z vampire film uh, and, <laughs> And by, by no means does that mean that it is an influencer film. It means that I've made the film tr- with, with the idea of visually representing what it's like when you're either, either my age at 42 or 15 years old and you turn, you know, you flip your phone on, you are, can't get to sleep, you search vampires and then. You- yeah, you fall down the rabbit hole. Yeah, it's a sensory experience. I just had a statement and I had to ask why. Um- why you called me out like this in your film, but I am AB negative. So I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm under attack here. No, I can't remember. Yeah. So I'll have to ask him. Maybe he's AB negative. Maybe that's why he did it. Oh, maybe, maybe. You, know, well, you never know. There you go. You know, I'm in Florida. I'm going to wear turtlenecks now. I'm going to keep my eye out. Thank you so much. And again, it comes out October 21st in theaters on demand and digital. Is there a website yes. that can follow you on? It's Slayers. Hold on. It's Slayers movie. Uh, it's, it's really, and you guys can all check it out. All right. Sounds great. Thank right. you. Adam. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.